This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Hello, I'm Executive Editor Eric Chabro, and this is GovInfoSecurity.com's Week in Review for the week ending Saturday, August 28th, 2010. The Senate is considering attaching cybersecurity legislation to a key defense authorization bill as a way to assure passage this year of the measure to reform the way the government safeguards its computer systems. That's according to Delaware Democratic Senator Tom Carper, who chairs a Senate subcommittee with federal IT security oversight and is among the sponsors of key cybersecurity legislation. Eventually, if our cybersecurity legislation passed on its own, I think it's going to be difficult. What legislation might be moving through is likely to be enacted that would be a logical place to append or attack cybersecurity legislation. This is a national security issue, and the, the bill that uh, if we were to attach it to the National Defense Authorization Act, I think that's a, actually a place that makes a, a lot of sense. Very likely that we'll pass the, the defense bill interested in defending our intellectual property rights, if we're interested in protecting our identity, if we're interested in protecting our weapons systems, our weapons plans, and that kind of thing. I think it works on a couple of different levels. Cybersecurity has been a bipartisan issue. Still, Carper says that if Congress doesn't enact cybersecurity legislation before the November midterm elections, the likelihood of passage in a lame duck session of Congress becomes problematic. If the Republicans are, are successful in, in picking up some seats, they might be less anxious to, to go in and, and pass much in a lame duck session. If they pick up a lot of seats, it's possible, I don't think likely, that they'd be reluctant to agree to do much of, of anything. They'd just say, well, we'll just wait and come back in January when there's stronger numbers. Also this past week, Defense Deputy Secretary William Lynn III revealed that a flash drive inserted into a laptop on a military post in the Middle East in 2008 caused the most significant breach of military computers. Lynn says the breach was a network administrator's worst fear, a rogue program operating silently, poised to deliver operational plans into the hands of an unknown adversary. At a media briefing, Lynn gave scant details on the breach and only identified the assailant as a foreign intelligence service. Lynn used the briefing to unveil the Defense Department's new five-pillar cybersecurity strategy aimed at strengthening the defense of military IT systems and networks. We'll be developing those in a formal strategy document over the course of the fall. I think it'll be issued before the end of the year. We're reflecting our judgment that we really think the front lines of national security have been redefined. Any major conflict that we see going forward is going to have some element of cyber warfare, and we need to make sure we've prepared and developed our military capabilities to sustain that. We'll have more after this. Are you responsible for your agency's regulatory compliance program? Do cybercrime, data breaches, or endpoint security keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the GovInfoSecurity.com educational webinar library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit GovInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. And finally, our featured interview, a two-part conversation with Todd Soderstrom. He's the Chief Technology Officer for NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Soderstrom is spearheading JPL's cloud computing initiatives, and he says that by working closely with cloud computing providers, the NASA unit feels more confident about placing sensitive, mission-critical information securely in the cloud. I really expected the security to be the biggest obstacle. 
and it really was not because we could work around it. And our security team at JTL are very much in the loop of what do we do next and when. And that's been a very positive experience. And I'll probably be hung for this, but I really believe that the cloud can be more secure than what we do today because they spend more resources. They have certainly a lot of redundancy, and redundancy comes in all shapes and sizes. And it's fairly uniform, so if you apply a patch, you can apply it to everything at once. That's different than our internal data center. So I believe it can be more secure at one point. That's it for this week. I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com. Thanks for listening, and have a very pleasant week ahead. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.